that's insane. This is like ridiculous what happened with COVID and the fact that everything changed. This entire talk of freedom changed. Welcome to the Better Together Life podcast. This is the podcast for the suburban family who wants to quit the rat race and return to the land. Alrighty, y'all. I'm excited. I really am excited about this. So if you haven't heard, if you just if you're coming in on this episode and you missed the last episode, I am going to be doing a new kind of iteration of the podcast because I am going to be traveling. I am currently traveling to my chiropractor and I'm going to be turning this mobile casket into a mobile university for for you and a little bit for me of being able to work on my podcasting skills and just be able to add more content for you guys because there's a there's a lot that I want to be able to do and I don't want to just waste all of my time driving to this chiropractor so I go over a little bit more information in the last podcast But with this, I'm going to be going over a subject and we're going to go one chapter at a time that I'm a little bit familiar with because I wrote the book on it. (laughs) So back in 2017, I wrote a ebook called Get Off Your Tail and Homestead, How to Get Out of the Rat Race and Claim Your Freedom, which to me, it was a very, very uh, important thing because it was my life at that given moment. There was this passion to be able to move onto our property, but I wasn't able to do it because we had a lot of things that we had to work out. But it was very successful in the, the way that we were able to, years prior, set up the game plan so that as soon as we were able to sell our home, then we could move to our property because we were able to create years before we created online income. I had a skill that I could work from home in terms of video production. Then we had the YouTube channel. So we were able to do lots of things that laid the groundwork for us to be able to move to our property. We just had to sell the house. But in that time, we hadn't sold the house. In that time, we just now had our fourth uh, child and our little girl, Finley, then. So it was not a good time for us to be able to move. And in that, this book was, was you know created because we were getting a lot of people that were asking us questions of, hey, one, when are you going to move to the property? But also, how did you do this? What did you do? Please teach me how to do this. And I really, it was, honestly, back then, I I didn't feel very comfortable doing like a a course or anything like that. I didn't feel really comfortable with, you know, uh, talking a whole lot about how to do this on our YouTube channel. But I did feel comfortable that I needed to get the thoughts out of my head and onto paper. And that's what we were able to do with this ebook. I think it's helped a lot of people. And we even created it not just as an ebook, we created it as a system. So there's a workbook that goes with it. Uh, you can get it, of course, at getoffyourtail.com, but that's not the purpose of this 
podcast, you know, iteration of this where I, it, it wasn't really needed for that. Uh, I don't, I don't, I'm not trying to sell the book because I, if you're, if you're strapped for cash, then Hey, this is awesome. You're able to get all of this different kind of content and me talking while I'm driving, of course, to be able to get some of the knowledge from the book without paying any money. It's all free. So let's go in to jump in for chapter one, which is not really chapter one, but it is the introduction of the book. The main thing that the introduction goes over is kind of a little, a little bit of the, the back history of Kelly and I and how we ended up, you know, coming about the, like this, this weird, crazy dream of being a homesteader. We, we've told this story several times, either on the YouTube channel or, you know, I think we, Kelly and I told it a couple of episodes ago, so I'm not going to go over it too much, but long story short, it was Christmas. My mother-in-law gave my brother-in-law, so Kelly's uh, mom gave Kelly's brother a magazine. It was a Mother Earth News magazine, and he was really into, like, camping and, you know, things, nature, stuff like that. He wasn't really into farming, but she just saw this, and she thought, oh, it's Mother Earth, he'll like this, and he got, he, she gave him that for Christmas. It, it was odd because he didn't care about it. Um, and it was just sitting on the couch or something. And I was like, oh, what is this thing? So it was a magazine. And she had, you know, who she would have had no clue that it would have completely, this magazine would have completely changed our life. And I ended up thumbing through the magazine. And it was, it, honestly, it was like the center spread of there was this, you know, two-page article with, the, with this image. And it had this big two-page photo of a one-acre self-sustaining homestead. It had a dairy cow, it has a couple of pigs, it had chickens, it had gardens, it had even like a hay field, like all of these cool, amazing things that you could do on a piece of property so that you could grow enough food to be able to, to sustain a full family. And I've always sought out to have you know time freedom, uh, freedom from a, a, a normal nine to five job is just it's just how I always have been. My dad was uh, self-employed. He ran pawn shops, and so that was something that was in me always being your own boss. But it wasn't until I saw this, and I really like it. Just got excited. Like before this, y'all, I was a video geek. And when I say video geek, I mean like this was my full-time job. I was a video producer. I did uh, video at our church. I worked for small businesses and nonprofits. This was my full-time, like I, I paid for all of our bills. I was the sole provider of our family. Uh, at that time, we had two kids, sole provider of our family. I was buying a house. It was like everything. I made enough money just from video production. And I was actually getting good at it and financially I was, you know, reaping the benefits. Like we were making some money. So this was exciting. And there's no way unless it was God that would have turned a video geek into this wannabe homesteader. There's just there's no way unless it was God. So this was the God moment that 
I changed. Like, I completely, all of my passions just pivoted a full 180. I don't even know what degree that was, but just completely changed everything in my viewpoint. I started watching all kinds of YouTube videos. Uh, started watching, you know, Growing Your Greens. Started watching Jeff Lawton, Jack Spierko, of course, Justin Rhodes. Everybody, like every single, you know, thing that I could get my brain on to be able to learn on how to grow food. So that was in 2013, I believe, 2013. It was whenever this all kind of started. I believe that was also whenever we started doTERRA at the same time. So that and doTERRA started at the same time. doTERRA is our essential oil business that pays for all of our bills. We have a team. We welcome new team members if you're ever interested in that. It is how we have financial freedom and time freedom, of course. But So that was born in the same like month that this new turn for self-sustainability, self-sufficiency, survival, not really survival. I don't know. I guess a little bit of survivalism came from that for sure is, you know, most homesteaders are kind of preppers as well. And then at the same time that all this was happening, I also started to feel this strange I'm trying to think of the right word. This the strange unhappiness, um, just feeling weird about living in suburbia. I always called it the hells of suburbia. I know that a lot of people that Kelly really hates it whenever I call that, but it's it's because she thinks that I'm I'm saying that the people that live in suburbia are demons and hellish, you know, and that's that's not what I'm meaning. I'm meaning that suburbia compared to, at that time, what I thought the possibility could be, and then now that we've been on our property for the last almost three years, I, I, I truly, it was, it was 100% correct. And now I think Kelly would agree that it's a fairly decent you know, description of the hells of suburbia. Everything about suburbia is just horrible whenever you come to think of it. I, 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 I sort of would, pref- it seems like I would prefer to live in a, in a big city to where you were able to, you know, walk, either have walking distance where you can, you know, have everything that you need. Of course, you're not going to grow a lot of food there, but you know, if you have enough money, then you can go to restaurants, you can go to grocery stores, you know, that's everything's in walking distance. Um, I would assume that most people that live in a big city don't cook a ton but those are the things, especially, you know, I, it, it would suck with COVID, but those are the things that we would think of back in the past of like, wow, I, I, I kind of wish that we would live in a bigger city versus suburbia. That was even before this whole thing of, of buying property and living rural. But things like HOAs is, I, I probably should have left that, that's the biggest one, is the HOA is just that insane need to have one more government, one more person with power that has control over your life that tells you what you can and cannot do. Most of the time they're telling you what you cannot do. Like we would end up getting a fine for someone and saying like, hey, you need to move your car because it's been parked on the street for too long. And of course our response with that was, it's not our car. 
So I mean, it was just that they don't even know what they're doing. They're our neighbor, our next door neighbor in uh, our suburban home down in Katy, Texas. They ended up having getting a letter. They were redoing their roof, and they said, "Well, you didn't get approval from us with this. They didn't like the color of it, and they were telling them that they're going to have to take the entire roof down." Like just bat poop crazy. I'm I'm trying to be family friendly here, but just insane, absolutely insane. The everything about uh, HOA, the fact that you would have to you know have your yard at a certain height. I just, the fact that you couldn't, you know, some, that you weren't allowed to have uh, gardens in your front yard. Just things that just blow my mind that you would not be allowed to do what you want to do with your own, your own home, which is just because it's not your own home. Now, at the same time, a lot of people might say, well, even your property is not your own home because you got to pay the property tax and get a bit, 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 bit. Uh, That's just, when anytime I get a comment like that, I just think that that's the stupidest thing ever. It, to me, it's just loser mentality. The fact that someone doesn't own property, that they don't own any kind of real estate, that they rent or, or they live in the, their mom's basement, or that they live in their grandmom's basement like I just it just blows my mind that someone would say something so stupid like that yes there's property taxes yes I I, I'm not happy with it I I wish that there was no taxes I I would be totally fine with paying even a 50% sales tax if all the other stupid taxes were go away because that way I can choose what I want to buy my how I want to pay that taxes uh, I know that that you know stifles the economy, but anyway, okay, fifty percent is a little stupid. But I would pay a much higher. I would pay fifteen percent sales tax. How about that? And I think that would be good. I think that 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 there is a that there is an argument to be made that you know income tax and property tax is um, can be better. Like it, it totally can. Then also in terms of suburbia, you have your neighbors, which you don't even know. We know our neighbors and talk to our neighbors way more than I ever talk to my neighbors in suburbia. Also, there's just the, the traffic is horrid. The traffic is so, so painful down there. I, it's just like there's nothing to compare it to. And we didn't even live in a big city and the traffic is so bad. So I, it, it, it's not like Austin, Texas or Houston, Texas, but it's still absolutely horrible. I don't know. It might even be worse. I, it is just, if, if, you're, if you're familiar with uh, Texas traffic, I'm sure it's similar to you know California. And we, in our suburban home, you don't even go into a freeway. But it is just, it just it's, it'll kill you. It really will if you have to do that. Luckily, most of the time we worked for ourselves, so I didn't have to drive ever. But whenever we have to go down there now, it's just it's just the worst. I can't think of any other kind of better adjective to say, but it is the worst. Now, I don't want to give all of suburbia a bad rap, especially if you are friends of ours. It has nothing to do with the people. Like, if we wish that we could bring all of our friends and our old church 
and plop it into our small town. That would be the best. We, we, we miss our friends down there. We miss our church down there. It was, you know, really, really awesome. But at the same time, the church that we had, it, it definitely, it was lacking in a lot of ways because it was so big. So I do not think that raising children in suburbia is a good thing. Everybody ends up going to the normal public schools and there's just some, there's some weird habits that kids pick up in suburbia that I don't want my children to have to deal with. So the other thing about suburbia that blows my mind is the fact of the grass. I don't like grass. I don't like grass in the suburban setting. I'm actually trying to grow as much grass as I can on my property now. And I, I, I am getting, you know, now that we bought a tractor, I am, you know, kind of really liking things to look a little bit, you know, nicer, a little bit more, you know, upkept and man- manicured. But it's a different thing because the grass that I'm growing on my property now, on my seven and a half acres, I am growing that for productivity versus what everybody does in suburbia is to grow it to appease and to impress the Joneses. Keeping up with the Joneses is the stupidest thing ever. Like the fact that people fertilize, I mean, the grass, the species of grass is the biggest Ponzi scheme, it seems. Like, there is no other species that is totally, that as a life force, that is babied as much as grass. Like, the, the, the sheer fact that you have to water it, you have to cut it, you have to do everything to keep it healthy. You have to fertilize it. It is just blows my mind the fact that people waste their stupid time dealing with this, their time and money dealing with this species of the normal grass, St. Augustine grass, Bermuda grass, like all that, just to have it look good. Yes, you know, some people have a little bit bigger yard. We, we did not have a very big yard. So you were able to have that grass and you can play in it, you can play ball, you can play you know, all sorts of games in it. That's, I, I like that, that makes sense. But still, it is not what you think of. It's, it's just not the point of it. It's not. Like, that's the, you should be growing things that grow you food. And so eat, food, grow food, so my big belief is grow food, not grass. You can't eat the grass. That's it. We had rabbits, yes. And so that's what we did in suburbia. I stopped watering in suburbia. I actually only uh, I had to rework all of our uh, our irrigation system before we sold the house because I needed it to be up, you know, like like fixed and upkept. But I didn't water. I just let it go. I did not fertilize. I just let weeds grow. And we had rabbits for the last two years we lived in suburbia, and so I loved those weeds because we were able to convert all of those weeds, let our rabbits eat them, and then we bred our rabbits, and then we sold them for pets 
uh, in suburbia. So, and of course we started butchering meat rabbits once we got on our property. But anyway, we were able to convert some of that into having some sort of productivity. Now all of this transitions into the thought that everybody else thinks that they're, that this country, America, if you live outside of the country, it's a little, maybe you don't think of your country like this, but America, we are taught in schools, which is so bizarre in public schools and government schools, that we live in the land of the free. And Jack Spierko talks a lot about that we don't really want to be free. That if, if people actually knew what real freedom was, they would reject it in a heartbeat. But the fact that we think that we are free is just exactly that carrot that, you know, the, the state dangles in front of our noses to be able to think that we are free, that we have free will within this system. But the fact that in school, your life is planned to the T. In school, we would go like, oh, we have assembly today. Okay, let's all go into the gym and listen to someone talk. That assembly word is from the main word of assemble. That's what, that's what you do. You assemble a model car, a model ship. Like this is something that you build like a toy. This is something that is totally planned out. It has instructions. You, you, you follow the rules of everything when you assemble something. You assemble a Lego set. And that's what our lives are, is somebody assembles most everyone's life. And that's what Jack talks about. A lot of this, I'm going to be talking about Jack. Jack Spierko of the Survival Podcast. Because, I mean, his what I'm doing right now is how he actually started. So I'm trying not to plagiarize all of his stuff, but I'm putting it into my own spin um, while my GPS is barking orders at me. I'm trying to spin it uh, for my own you know, life because I feel like we have a slightly different story that might help someone else to hear it, you know, as how early we are in this stage of doing this. But there is this thought of that we have freedom and we just don't. We just don't have the freedom that you think we have. We don't live in the land of the free. We are not free. And you have to take the red pill, like in the Matrix. And once you take that pill, it all makes sense to you. Once you take that pill, you can't unknow what you know. You cannot put the toothpaste back in the tube. And some people you know, might wish that they didn't know this. I remember, you know, uh, a metaphor of this was back whenever I was in film school in college and my professor said, so here's the thing, I'm basically going to ruin all movies for you because I'm going to teach you how to make a movie and I'm going to teach you all of the things that directors and movie producers do to be able to make a film. 
And he was. He said, he said, so I'm sorry. Once you know this, you're never going to be able to forget it. And he was absolutely right. For that period of time, it was really before a lot of CGI stuff that, you know, it was just typical movies. You were able to see everything. Now the fact that everything's computer generated is kind of a little bit harder, so you don't really know. So I kind of like that. You're able to get re-immersed. But in a simple you know, independent film where there's not a lot of effects and it's just, you know, camera work. I'm able to like dissect everything. I'm like, oh, there's a dolly. There's a, there, there's a dolly behind there. Oh, that's a cool key light. Wow. There's a two shot over the shoulder. Like I'm able to know all of these film terms and, and I can't ever forget it. That's how it is now. I'm not able to unsee all of the patterns in this world that led me to this place of wanting real freedom. And of course, there is a whole lot more to go to actually get freedom. And I don't know if I'm ever going to have it. And it's argued whether my children are going to have more or less freedom than I had. I'm sort of afraid that they're going to have less. I need to rewrite the book for a version two now that we're on our property something I didn't even consider is that I need to rewrite version two after COVID that's insane this is like ridiculous what happened with COVID and the fact that everything changed this entire talk of freedom changed this is not where I'm supposed to go. Okay, I thought I, I took the wrong turn. So good, we got a, we got a couple of more minutes before I can before I wrap up. I'm gonna be slightly distracted though, and I'm gonna go ahead and keep this in the podcast because it is real. Um, but there's I made a wrong turn into a Wendy's. One of the things that I know about this book why I read it and I know that I, I kind of it, it allows me to know who you are I know you the reader I know you the listener I know you because you are me because I know me I know you because I know me and you are me I know that there are certain things that I can just speak into your soul that you're gonna be like how did you know this about me I was like, well, because it's the same thing that I went through. If you're not homesteading right now and you're dreaming of this, I know that you're probably watching hours upon hours of homesteading videos online. I know that you have watched the Back to Eden movie with the wood chip gardening. I know that there's a chance that some of you might even have some conflict going on in your marriage because one of you wants to homestead and move out of the city, out of suburbia, out of the hells of suburbia, and your spouse does not. I know that's a struggle, and I know that you're trying to figure out a way to convince your spouse. That's that's really bad. I, we can go over that in another podcast someday. Kelly and I actually have a, uh, a podcast on that. I think it's a two-parter. But you you listen to that for sure. I know that you're kind of into a natural way of life. That, you know, you you try to eat a little bit better. 
You, you look at stuff, you, you want to compost, you try to use less water, uh, maybe you're into essential oils and things like that. You, you're, you're wanting to take care of your body. I know that you're willing to do anything to get this dream life. And so I know you. And so I hope that this is good, something that's going to be helpful for you, me going through each chapter in this. We're going to be talking about how to get out of the rat race, like the nuts and bolts of how to make money so that you can achieve this dream. We're going to talk about buying land. In fact, here, I'm going to do this. Let me get the book. I'm going to read you the chapters. I should have done this in the beginning. We have uh, the introduction, which we, we just went over today. We have, can freedom be measured in time? That talks about time freedom. Living simply so that you can simply live. Talking about um, minimalism and cutting your expenses. Getting out of debt. Then we talk about having an assess, a plan. You assess, you plan, then you execute. We talk about the eight masks of money. Talk about how to quit your day job. I go over about what it's like to be your own boss. Then we're talking about investments in a new way, a different way to invest and that you're different than the stock market where you can control a little bit more. Homeschool. Uh, We do talk about homeschool because we're talking about freedom here. And I think that homeschooling, freedom for your children is a big thing also. And then we go over the secret, the real secret to satisfaction. So we go over a lot of things in this book and I'm excited to be able to do this. I'm excited to take you on this adventure of us. I'm excited for myself to be able to learn some new things about the podcast, that um, about this book, to be able to help me with version two. If there was one thing that Bo and I wish we had when we lived in the suburbs is a simple resource where all the things we needed to know about homesteading were gathered in one place. I remember the stress of scrolling through videos and blogs about gardening and family milk cows and then ending up down a totally different rabbit hole. So here's my secret sauce to help you avoid the stress of drilling and searching. It's an app and it's called Abundance Plus. Abundance Plus is a hub for all things homestead. Your favorite YouTubers have collaborated and put exclusive content here ad-free and censorship-free. There's a library of homesteaders that you know and love, like Justin Rhodes, Roots and Refuge, Sow the Land, and yes, Better Together Life. You can download Abundance Plus on your smart thing for $15 to get started and only $7 each month after that. You've got a money back guarantee and you can cancel at any time if you don't love it. But let's be real. What's not to love about targeted homestead content all in one place? Did I mention it's censorship free? Y'all, there is a ton of content we cannot put on YouTube because they simply don't want you to see it. So supporting via Abundance Plus means access to this homestead community directly supports the creators and not just another big corporation. We have chosen Abundance Plus as the host for the video portion of this podcast. So use our link to get started with Abundance Plus and we'll send you a welcome bundle of gifts. You'll see eBooks and oils and your choice of Better Together merch. To get your freebies, go to bettertogetherlife.com slash abundance. We are so grateful for your support and trust. Thank you. We'll see you on Abundance Plus. bettertogetherlife.com slash abundance.